Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cultivation Podcast. My name is Joel, and a question I have for everybody today is what was the best part of this past week for you? Oh, okay. I guess I'll go next. Um, next. <laughs> first. First. Yeah. Julia signaled me. Um, yeah, I think, okay, honestly, I think it was Wednesday. I don't know if it was Tuesday or Wednesday, but it was the day after like Monday, which is like the last day of kind of like the excruciating heat that we experienced here. But I think it was my favorite because like the morning was just so nice. It was cloudy. It was like 70 degrees. And I was like, this is the Oregon that I want to remember. <laughs> so I'm going to try to cherish this moment as long as I can. Yeah, well, I guess I'll go next. Um, I think the beautiful part of this week is just, there's been many, but I think it was connecting with um, a friend from school, Liz. Shout out to Liz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and just spending time with her. It's been a while since I last saw her, but I think it's beautiful to reconnect friendships and like even with the season that we had. You came home with 50 licks, and I was like, now I want 50 licks. That's an ice cream shop, everybody. Yeah, I got mango sticky rice. It's a vegan. Um, Hello, my name is Julia, and I think the best part of my week, I mean, this was a really good week. I was very sick the past few weeks, so this is the first week I felt okay. Um, So I think the best part was probably... I don't know, working in the office this week, me and Joel got to do this like whole chart charting system thing for mm-hmm. the shipping that's going on at, at the church. Um, so that was really fun. We got to like use our brains and like creativity <laughs> and, and at the same time. So that was probably the best part. Yeah, it was, it's like we made like a chart on a whiteboard and it looked incredible. I I will flex. Six hours. It did take six it hours, did look nice. but it was worth every hour <laughs> of the six. <laughs> Phenomenal. Uh, for me, I think the best part of the week, probably like similar to Philip, when like we've been outside after the heat and like the nice cool wind is back, because for those of you who I'm sure know, there's been a, a massive heat wave in the Pacific Northwest. It hit a hundred. 17 mm-hmm. in yeah. Portland, uh, and so we were just dying. Luckily, we have been blessed with an AC because unlike our Southern Californian roots, not everyone has AC up here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were just bunk- bunkered. Bunkin? Bunkered. Bunkered. bunkered in, <laughs> um, inside the house. Um, but coming out now with the cool weather and the cool breeze has been Super nice, super good. Um, today, our subject or topic is um, <laughs> we're gonna, we wanted to talk about purpose and calling. Um, I think we all have, and just kind of our preliminary conversations about today, talking today, I think it's uh, pretty clear that we have very, very different experiences with purpose and calling. Um, so I guess just to open the floor, what has your own experiences in regard to purpose and calling looked like in your life? I'll, I'll definitely take the floor first because, um, I mean, I haven't, I didn't grow up really in the church. And so when it comes to like purpose and calling, like, I think this is something for me that I wasn't really introduced into like right off the bat, to be honest. Um, 
I think my roots coming in a, in a, in a Baptist denomination was just really like understanding um, and just reading God's word more and more, just getting to know more about God. And I think it wasn't until actually I came to life, which was about like, well, like a year and a half um, after I was saved that I started to question and ask God, like, God, like, what's, what's my purpose? What's my calling? And I remember, I don't know if it was like the fall preview or something. I remember sitting or not, I was, I was standing and I was worshiping God. And it was just this moment where I forgot who, I think his name was like Jedediah something. I don't remember his mm-hmm. full name. Sorry. But, um, yeah, I was standing there and uh, I, I was just really worshiping God. The worship team was up there and I just felt like I, I, I heard God tell me and speak to me right there so clearly. He just gave me this image of a Bible in one hand and a microphone in the other. And I just heard his still small voice say, Philip, this is what you're going to do for me. And at that moment, I just I just felt so much peace and so much comfort. And so I've, I've come, well, now it's been two years, I guess, since that experience. And do I feel like I know exactly or have finer details on that calling and purpose from that what I experienced in that image? Yes and no, to be honest. I think it's still like something I'm starting to ask God, hey, Lord, what did you mean when you when you spoke to me, when you gave me those images? So that's kind of been my journey so far with like, I guess, my own purpose and calling. Hmm. I love that. But I definitely can understand like the peace you feel when you understand your calling. Um, I think for me, um, it's always been a struggle. Like I grew up in the church, but understanding like my calling was very back and forth, like a child choosing her like future career. I wanted to be a veterinarian when I was little. I wanted to be a doctor. And then just one day it hit, I remember being at camp, listening to Angie Ritchie speak with this passion and just fierceness. And I just like felt this like captivation towards her, but this peace. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And I remember just looking at her like, she is so bold, so fierce. That is what I want to be. And throughout my walk, like, Since then, I've just, I've been slowly growing in that calling, but I remember feeling that peace and that fierceness that I remember was just like, wow, I want to be like Angie Ritchie when I grow up, but Mm. I want to be Alexis, like my own version of a marriage and family plus pastor, Mm. because that is what I was called to do. And I remember feeling this peace and also passion, like I may be an Enneagram 9, but I can bring out my Enneagram 8 whenever. And that's my main goal. And that's going to take time and practice and boldness and confidence. But that was a peaceful moment for me when I knew. I think it's so beautiful how clear um, the Lord spoke to you and how well you're able to articulate that calling of your life. Yeah. I think for me, when thinking about the topic of purpose and calling, it's not something that I like necessarily want to talk about. I think that oftentimes, I mean, it's just, it's talked about so much in the church um, by everybody. What is your purpose? What is your calling? What do you feel like God is calling you to do? And it can be a little bit overwhelming. And I think just in the season of life that I'm in, I mean, I just, I just graduated college and I don't know exactly what is next or what I want to do. Um, so 
and I don't think I've ever had like a moment where I felt like God is calling me to a, a particular vocation or job or whatever. That's never really happened for me. But I know that there are things that, like certain themes in my life that have shown me the things that I love. Um, and I think the biggest one is painting and um, like sharing truth in that way. And I don't know if I want that to be like a job or mm -hmm. if I want to make my money off of that. I, I don't know if mm -hmm. that's that's the thing that would bring me the most joy or make me come, would it make me come the most alive? I'm not sure. But I think it, whatever it is that we like go into or put our focus and our energy into, it should be something that brings us the most energy. Mm -hmm. And what can we do in our lives and with our hearts that that truly is also bringing truth to other people that we don't just hold it in, you know? So mm -hmm. I don't know what it exactly is my purpose or calling. I know that it is just to love other people well and love myself well and love God well. But other than that, I think there can be just a really high expectation of knowing what that is and how often do we get those like vocation or jobs and calling and purpose mixed up because they're completely different. Right. Um, and I think that, that it can hurt. It can hurt a lot of people if we mix those when they don't need to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think in my my experience of calling, I feel like I've had kind of all of your experiences like at separate times of my life. Uh, growing up in the church, I grew up um, at a four-square church, which for those of you who don't know, is just a Pentecostal denomination. Um, and, you know, I would go up to summer camp and a big part of a lot of Pentecostal summer camps is having... Um, this like session where they will like call people to ministry. And while I don't think that is necessarily inherently bad, I mm -hmm. think it's been super, super hurtful to me. Um, because like my first winter camp, I was in sixth grade. So I was, I think 11 at the time. And, you know, you're at the summer camp, you're not really sleeping that much. And it's like very, very high emotions. So as a young 11-year-old, I was very impressionable at the time. And so I was like sitting during the session and I like felt God, whatever, you know, I you know can't go back and talk to 11-year-old Joel. But <laughs> I like had this feeling that I wanted to be a pastor. And so when they like said, like, if you feel like you're called to a pastor, stand up, I did. And then the entire camp, prayed for everyone who had stood up as having this call to ministry. And I remember feeling so weird because it was like everyone who was called to ministry was like being prayed over. And then everyone who didn't necessarily feel that call was just completely ignored. Mm -hmm. And so it was literally this elevation of those who were called to ministry and this like lowering of those who weren't. Yeah. And so I remember because in like eighth grade, I had stopped going to church just because I was going through my own ish and trying to look back and think about being a pastor and something that I was so passionate about in sixth grade and trying to like reconcile that with my 
new understandings and my own experiences past that and trying to understand how those went hand in hand. And now looking back, I think that more of what God was telling me to be is just to love people and just Mm -hmm. to be someone who can stand with people in their struggles. But because I was so confused as a little kid, I like saw myself elevated to this like platform of pastor. And this isn't me saying that I don't think God calls people to specific vocations or that God doesn't call people to be pastors. I think that's very real, but I think the way that I've experienced that has been this like glorification of like these young kids who don't really understand what ministry, not don't really, they completely don't understand what ministry looks like and have this like calling to that. It can be so messy, so hurtful and like, really, really damaging in the way that they view themselves and they view their relationship with God because it makes their whole purpose in life attached to what they can provide for other people instead of just their per- or their image and their worth being attached to just simply who they're creating the image of. And so I, in my own experience, I've had like super pessimistic views of like purpose and calling and like have had moments where I've been like, oh, God doesn't call people or like had moments where I'm like, God calls everyone to specific things. So I think I've like gone back and forth just because of those like confusing experiences. Mm, Um, But yeah, I think now I've kind of, and kind of what Julie was saying, like understood the, the difference between just like abilities I have and like, whether that's like necessarily gifts from God or just like, because of the things I experienced as a kid, I'm just more able to do like, whether that's like artistic ability or like being able to have conversations with people and understanding those just general abilities that people have and then the calling that we all have to love because we were created in the image of the one who is love. And so we are called to love. And so understanding that there are general callings for everyone and that that doesn't necessarily have to be found in like a particular job, vocation, ministry, whatever. Yeah, I think I've noticed the same thing as you, like growing up in the church, I've noticed that when you're called to ministry, it's often like highlighted more than those who are called to another vocation and they're kind of put on a pedestal. And that's what I've noticed. And I remember when I was super little in kids camp and I remember seeing that where there were kids who felt called to ministry. I wasn't yet called. I had a lot of growing to do and understanding God on my own. And I just remember like seeing people stand up and then processing, like questioning, am I even like good enough? Like, am I called to ministry? And then I struggled with that. And I was like, I stood up because I was just like, okay, like, why am I standing up? probably because I want to be, I want to feel special. Like I felt like God was like kind of calling them special and then Mm. not highlighting, highlighting everyone else. Mm. And I struggled with that as a young child because I was like, what is my calling? Like, I don't understand that. And I was struggling to understand God myself because I was like eight and I just was adopting my own family's like practices in Christianity and the church, but didn't really understand God. Um, But I remember that so clearly because in a way, like I kind of felt hurt because I was just like, am, am I called to ministry? Am I not called to ministry? Am I special? Am I not special? And then as years went on, there was another camp, but there was a camp 
calling everyone like to stand up and because everyone's called to ministry not just like (laughs) pastors or whatever the title is you're all called to ministry whether you're going to be a doctor whether you're going to be a veterinarian or whether you're going to be a psychologist your ministry is the world it's not within the four walls of the church the church is within our hearts (laughs) So we're all called to ministry. Whatever vocation that we're going through, Mm. going to do, we are all called because God put us in that situation to be able to grow the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. It it seems like, like from what I'm hearing, um, that you guys' experience in in camps and whatnot has often like individualized purpose and calling, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And we clearly see, though, that in Scripture, a lot of different Scriptures, I think, you know, we have um, the ending of the Gospels where, you know, Jesus commands everybody, commands his disciples, you know, go out and make make disciples of all nations, right, and baptize them and whatnot. Yeah. So um, it sounds like there is a communal purpose for us, right? I don't know if communal is the right word, but there is like this general purpose that the church has or that we have as individuals per se, but that we keep in like this... Man, this is actually really hard to like, like try to like describe. But um, I'm gonna go back to like that communal purpose, right? Like mm-hmm. as the church, we are commanded, so to speak, to what well, we are commanded to love, right? To love everyone, to love our God, our neighbor, and ourselves. And so it sounds like that when people are are young, perhaps, or or just given like such an early. Um, like an early calling to something specific, it kind of shakes shakes them a little bit, right? Like it's not the the, the right foundation. So I guess what I kind of, what was brought to mind after hearing you guys talk was that we, we as the church need a firmer foundation to be put there for purpose and calling in people, especially children, because children are so young and so impressionable mm. Right, and so I, I guess I want to ask you guys, what what do you guys think? What do you guys think would be the better foundation to lay at that age? I think I don't know. When you pose the question, my mind immediately goes like, do we need to um, like do we need to build a firmer foundation foundation on like the idea of purpose and calling, or do we need to like remove that emphasis altogether? Mm. And like the, because I think if we're not emphasizing love at the center of everything, then we're emphasizing something else. Mm-hmm. And that emphasis, I think it can, it will just shift that distortion or that hurt somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I think removing those emphasis, emphasize, oh my gosh. <laughs> emphasis. Em- I, I don't know what that word would be. <laughs> You know Plural word of emphasis. Emphasization. I can't say it. That's but hey, it could be a new word if but, it's not a word already. Yeah, re- removing that mm-hmm. is, I think, what needs to happen. And letting, because, I mean, if the common hurt or, I don't know if trauma is the right word, but the thing that has shifted has happened so young. Mm-hmm. I think that giving children and those just still developing the space to 
feel and find and grow and explore without any sort of emphasis emphasis on purpose and calling is actually probably the most helpful yeah. i think with the culture of like go 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 or what i do defines me not my belovedness like all yeah. all of those kinds of things or like the high emotionality of like summer camps like those are the things that are defining what's going on if those are if we can see those point those out and like hey like you don't need to conform or like feel like you need to shift in order to be like god's favorite or Mm -hmm. loved by god or seen by god like special unique yeah Yeah. like those are the things that happen so early on and so i think the thing that needs to just be emphasized is the idea of our own belovedness and how we're we're living in that um and how we can love others how we can love the land um how we can love god yeah and i just want to say real quick um it it really limits a a child yeah right or or i mean child as in just you know however young they are you know teenager whatever it is but it, it really just puts this limitation on a mind that i think doesn't need that that young i mean i just think of imagination the imagination of of children is it can just be so vast Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. if you instill this seed like hey you're going to be this like all of a sudden like the vastness Mm -hmm. of their imagination just becomes narrower and narrower Mm -hmm. and narrower and something like love having that being the foundation of that that is boundless Mm -hmm. limitless Mm -hmm. and and to get it like a hold of that at a young age is just sounds like wonderful and phenomenal and just i don't even know like it's crazy to think about i think mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. i it like reminds me of like when jesus talks about how the greatest commandment above anything else is to love god and love people mm-hmm. and he doesn't the la- like the way that jesus says that isn't saying like love god and then love people like he says that they are like equal in their importance mm-hmm. to love god and love people is like to do th- like loving people is loving God and the way that you love God is by loving people. Like it, it needs to be love. And so I think when I look at, or when I like try to see the way that a kid would go from having this calling of like being like, let's just say like, for example, a pastor, the way they're going to get to being a pastor is by love. And if it's done by any other means, then they're simply just there to make money. They're simply just there to fill this need, to fill this thought, to fill this like one experience that they had as a kid. And so if they're not preparing themselves and teaching themselves how to love better, but rather they're teaching themselves how to pastor better, then they're just becoming like a regional manager. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, they're just sure going to learn how to do it within like the conformity of this like consumer culture we have. And it becomes this just idea of, okay, like I'm going to have a great Sunday experience and then I'm going to like connect with my people, make sure they feel like cared for, like fill out this, you know, outreach quota that I need to fill. And it like just becomes these like boxes to check off mm-hmm. and it completely takes away the fact that they're, being entrusted by God to serve, love, care for these people. Because 
so many positions of ministry, I think, are seen as like these positions of authority, but it's like always a position of service. It's always yeah, a yeah. position of loving well, the community. True. And so when we look at the way that we go from having this calling, this voice of God speak to us, whatever, and like trying to get to the end goal, if we don't get to that end goal through love, then we're just producing a product. Yeah, and it's should true. like, should purpose or calling or vocation or whatever should that even should there even be like an end goal like should you ever arrive (laughs) i think it's just an ongoing process i mean there's new things that we're all going to be exposed to within our ministries and love should be the base of everyone's purpose and calling and it should there's no end game like there's constant growing and constant love and just loving others no matter what and that's why like as kids and teaching kids we should always form it on love rather Mm -hmm. than anything else and rather than like being like oh you're gonna be a pastor why don't we focus on let's teach how to love and how to like provide and have an open heart to new things and just yeah yeah i think that in kind of our conversation so far it's been very church focused yeah Mm -hmm. and i like fully believe that like this purpose calling this like grand purpose whatever that we've been kind of alluding to isn't just for like christians it doesn't just happen in like a a ministry setting so i guess a a question i have and i don't even really know the answer to it (laughs) but is like how do we as people who are believers, how do we communicate these ideas we have to those who don't have the context of ministry, who mm-hmm. might be like people who've been really hurt by even this like thought of like your call to love? Like, how do we communicate that to someone who doesn't have these like previous experiences yeah. that we have that have we've based all of the things we've talked about like how do we communicate that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to question. those who don't have yeah. that context i again i think like the emphasis on calling and vocation and purpose in the church i think it's just overemphasized mm-hmm. if it's not talked about in regard regards to love then it's it's already skewed yeah so i think taking that information or thought into the context of like the world at large like like emphasizing the ideas of love that's that's what is the word it's like it it reaches everybody Mm. and i think that one like god god is so much bigger than the four walls of a church or the hurt that authority figures have placed on people and i think that yeah i just think that he's so much bigger in the way that he speaks and talks to everybody in the world it's just it's much more nuanced than i think we even know um i think he speaks truth through through every every experience we have through creation through the relationships we have I, I I just think he speaks so much bigger and so I think when we do talk to people who are not necessarily engaging in the church or call themselves Christians 
I think that love, it's, it's a universal concept that isn't as hard to grasp as we think. Mm-hmm. Like it's not as, yeah. it does, it's such a simple thing. And I think that, I honestly think that the church, it skews it. It makes it a much bigger and more confusing thing mm-hmm. than it has yeah. to be. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think like outside of the church that happens as well. There's yeah. things that skew the way that we view purpose as well. But I think mm-hmm. that like the church also skews it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's like, simple. Yeah, yeah. Like, like so many other just thoughts and ideas and concepts. Like there's the simple version and then the complex version. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I don't know if we just get tired or something or just like don't see like the simplicity in, in something like as enough. So we go into sort of this whole realm of mm-hmm. like the complexities and mm-hmm. that I feel like could just go on forever. But the simple is always going to be simple. Mm-hmm. Maybe it can be even more simplified. I mean, we, honestly, like who knows, right? But um, that definitely I feel like should be like our foundation in a lot of different things is keeping that simplicity in mind. And then if we need to, and I think that's a question, like, do we even need to go down that that route of, of all the different complexities and nuances, right? Because I think oftentimes, at least for me, like, I'll just overthink. <laughs> if I keep going down that rabbit hole of, like, all the different, like, this, that, you know, it just, it's, it can just keep on going down and down. Um, but I also wanted to define what I think I would have defined purpose or calling if I wasn't, say, like in a church or something. And mm-hmm. I, I think to me it comes back down to what my passion is in life. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, like it, the Christian word for passion is just purpose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like they're the same thing. Like it, like you can have passions in your life. Like even what Julie was saying, like having this passion of like painting and creating art, but like do I want to do that from like my job and like, have to cut my own or like not cut is the wrong word do if i have to like sacrifice like your own values and like ideal ideals and desires just for the sake of making rent and so i think yeah it's like in a way that you're able to describe the idea of purpose to those who are outside of this like christian context is by identifying the things that they're passionate about and understanding that most of the things that people are passionate about have the ability to create beauty, to create relationships, Mm -hmm. to care for others. Like something that I've been so appreciative of being up here, the church we're at is called Alongsiders for, you know, I assume everybody who's listening to this knows (laughs) what Alongsiders is, but I mean, it's like, like Sunday isn't an afterthought, but it's not the main purpose. Like they like have so many opportunities for outreach. And like the two main ones being up here have been a food pantry and laundry love, which are primarily relational and tan, like they're able to provide relationally and they're able to provide tangibly. And so it's not just this focus of only creating relationships or only just providing money for those who are in need, but being able to do that together. And so it's understanding how to like use those passions that you have in your life that we all have and being able to use those things to create beauty, to create relationships, Mm -hmm. to provide for those who are in need because all passions have the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. And 
most passions or most things that we gravitate toward or certain like particular themes that just have stayed with us throughout our lives they not only produce love or produce beauty or they do that but they're stemmed or they their origin of them is a lot of times it's hurt or pain Mm. that has (laughs) happened Mm -hmm. in our lives that catapults us or pushes us to make or create or do good so i went i don't know i don't know if i have a question there Mm -hmm. but that was just something i was thinking about you know Mm. we we start from pain or hurt and our our passion or whatever that is that love it it catapults us to do good for ourselves and for others and hopefully for the land and and hopefully for god yeah i I think um like before i became a christian um i definitely went to like writing as a form of like helping me through very really dark times i went to music um to help me with really like you know just dealing with a lot of like heart emotions, trauma, pain, stuff like that. I, I completely just enveloped myself mm-hmm. into these forms of art. And I guess that's kind of something that's always been inside of me. But like you said, you know, like it almost like those certain emotions make us gravitate towards whatever it is. And what's interesting, I think, is that before, like my my sole inspiration was just like these really depressing emotions anytime mm-hmm. I was feeling bad, right? And so as I started to understand myself more and became a Christian and and started to value myself um, in God and whatnot, that inspiration and that motivation had to shift because I mean I wasn't dealing with as strong as mood swings as I was before or as strong as like really low emotions as I was beforehand. And so now when I sit and listen and and try to create, my inspirations are completely different. Mm-hmm. And so something that I've been thinking of while I've been up here is like my, what are my passions and how, how does God want to use that? And I don't know if it's my purpose or calling per se, right? But to me, it's, it's been this act of trying to listen to who I am, trying to listen to what tensions are coming up inside of me, trying to listen to and, and really, I guess, like self-actualize about what I find my inspirations in and how that kind of plays into um, what my purpose and calling is. So how do you guys, I guess, identify that in yourselves right now? Like if, if you were to just sit and listen, like not even like taking this whole idea of like purpose and calling and like not saying that that's what it is, but what are your passions and how do you guys think that relates to like what you will be doing in life? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I, I'm like a passionate conversationalist. I like those who, the people who like know me very well know that if I'm not interrupted, Mm -hmm. I can talk for like about seven hours straight (laughs) and like be like just having a conversation with myself because like I just love talking. But I also, you know, as much as I do talk to myself pretty regularly, I do also love being able to 
bounce that off of other people and like gain their perspective and maybe provide perspective for them. And so I think it, it just like comes down to that, like being able to like, just have that like deep, genuine relationship with people. Um, because I'm just like passionate about loving people and passionate about like, not just loving them just because they're a person like that's obviously like, I think the beginning of it, but being able to like know their little ticks, know their little, like their small subtleties, what they do, like when people aren't watching, like, I love that because it means like, it gives me like the, like the peace of knowing, Oh, like I, like I know them in like this, like kind of intimate way. Mm. Um, and obviously like in the different relationships I have, it's like different levels of that intimacy, but I just like, I love learning about people mm. and I just love being able to, cause I think in, in how I learn about people and the way that I kind of go about that, it's always done in a way that I'm like, I want to be able to love them more. And I want to be able to love them more specifically in a way that like the typical person can't. Cause I think we can all love anybody but only to like a specific capacity. Like we can't love people in that like super deep way automatically, unless it's like, it's a happy accident of like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like I said the perfect thing they needed to hear today. And like, you know, you like have that great moment, like with the coffee shop barista, because you know, like those moments I also live for, yeah. but being able to have that, just like that special relationship with people and being able to like love them in a way that's specific to them. I just, I thrive there. You do a great job at, yeah. at it too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're really good at that. I think that like, I think I'm a little bit the opposite of what you are. I'm not a conversationalist. I think that it's not like my, it's not the way that I love people the best. <laughs> I can try, but it's not where I naturally gravitate toward. I think that for me, I mean, I love listening, but the passions, they, I think they come up when, I mean, when I'm painting, um, whether that's a picture that I've come up with on my own or, I mean, what has been the most fun is like creating pictures that other people have spoken. Their words, I love to bring pictures to those things mm -hmm. or, you know, their dreams, their aspirations, my dreams, my aspirations, the things that I that keep me awake at night, the things that I dream about. I love, I love being, being able to bring pictures to those thoughts, to those words. Um, and I think it's just a, a bigger testament to whatever it is that is going on in the world to be able to bring a picture to that is something that I always want to do. Um, and also like when, when other people are not great at communicating with words, but they, I want to be able to to help understand help them understand that that's that's okay you don't have to be you don't have to be the best at that or it's okay if you've run out of words or or they're just not coming to you that there's always pictures and you don't even have to read them mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think that's the biggest the biggest passion for me yeah I really like that and I think both of you I see that within you um, both and it's just something beautiful um, but I think within myself is just the passion of being there I mm. love to just be there whether it's just sitting with someone when they cry or sit listening to someone when they're just frustrated and angry or listening to someone when 
they are just going through something and like being there being there for whatever they need or whatever they want or if they need their mind off something let's go let's go somewhere let's get their mind off something but just being there for somebody is a passion Mm -hmm. of mine and also learning and just learning about the person and yeah just I love being there and love learning more and yeah those two passions are kind of go hand in hand I I think like a a theme throughout like each of the things that we've said is it's that there's not necessarily like a an action or like a doing they're just the a way of being Mm -hmm. like like it's our like it's just who we are or exist our existence that's like what we gravitate toward it's not necessarily me creating art or joel talking about whatever he's talking about it's the thing it's it's kind of hard to articulate what i'm trying to get at Mm -hmm. but like it's it doesn't have to do with a particular action and so i think what i'm trying to say is that like like for anybody who's listening out there who might feel alone or stuck or depressed in bed who can't find the energy or courage or whatever it is to do or act or you know go out and do whatever it is that you feel like you need to be doing like you existing in your entirety in your being is enough because your purpose and our purpose is to live in belovedness it's not an action action can come later but that's not the that's not the whole picture the whole picture is it's love Mm -hmm. and so if you're out there whoever you are i just i hope i hope you grasp that from this conversation that it's it's not just an action it it really is who you are and your worth and your Mm -hmm. your value (laughs) yeah that's really good julia and i I just i just started to think that you know when we're our best selves it's it's something like unbelievable i don't know i don't know if you guys feel like that but i realize like when i'm when i feel like i'm my best self i i feel like i i can't even explain to you guys like it just feels so exceptional (laughs) and and what i began to think about right now is that you know god wants us to be our best selves and whatever that being is i feel like that's our purpose and calling Mm. like Mm -hmm. he will put us in a position for who we are and our whole selves our whole best selves i I mean just our whole selves i don't even i don't even want to put the word best in front of that right but our whole selves like will be in that position because god knows us best really Yeah, I just yeah. it's it's, it's, it's like, really interesting to think about. Like the way we do that is love, mm. like yeah. by loving others and by like receiving that love. Yeah, and we must love others as their whole selves, mm-hmm. like their what they call flaws. Mm-hmm. We must find the beauty in that, and we must find the beauty in really everything good. about them because everything from every little thing to the little ticks to their whole self is something that is just beautiful. And I think 
as a community and not just specifically Christians, but as humans, it's our job to love others because we've seen the beauty of love acted out in this world. And we've seen the beauty of when love is not necessarily there. And I think we must love everyone for who they are and their whole selves and yeah, understanding them and loving that. And it's like, that's what allows others and ourselves to love ourselves (laughs) and the full complexities that we are. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you guys, because I feel like this conversation has really like helped me redefine purpose and calling. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you guys feel that too? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We're nodding our heads. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just, to me, and I don't know if you guys also want to say what, your new definition, so to speak, is. But to me, I feel like it's really being loved and being love. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, to- I, I concur with what you're saying. Like, it's, it's what we were talking about. It's very simple. I think it's hard to get to. I think it might have taken the whole conversation for us to get to that space of, like, you know, to love, mm-hmm. to be loved. But I think it's just that simple. It doesn't have to have this crazy narrative or, yeah. I mean, there's complexities in there. There's yeah. nuance in there, but. There's excitement in it too. Yeah. Right? Like to like go into that season of your yeah. life. Where so you're much just, freedom. Yeah. Honestly. There's freedom and not feeling like you have to do or act, but just be in, in, in that love belovedness and to give that to others that's such a beautiful gift um so yeah yeah i think i think that's that simplicity right there is is kind of like the starting point and the rest will follow that Mm -hmm. yeah we don't we don't really need to go on and and true like because we i mean we do let's be honest like we go on and we worry maybe about like the finer details and whatnot but think in reality just keeping hold to that simple truth mm-hmm. and letting that be our guide is is enough yeah well um i hope that this we hope that this conversation was something that you'll be able to think about throughout this week i hope you're able to wrestle with those simple truths those simple um um wrestlings um, and I hope I hope that you find yourself in a space of belovedness with with yourself and with God and with those around you. I hope that you're able to find that. Um, so I, yeah, we just thank you so much for listening, and we will be back. <laughs>